Welcome to the Top 5, where I discuss my top 5 takeaways from each week's NASCAR race. This week, St. Louis. Hello and thanks for tuning in. My name is Connor and each week I take about 20 minutes to discuss my top 5 takeaways from the previous week's NASCAR race. This week, the Cup Series checked in to Worldwide Technology Raceway in St. Louis. Actually, it's in Illinois, just across the river from St. Louis. First time the Cup Series was ever at this track, and it was quite an exciting race. I have a lot of thoughts to share. But before I get into that, I would like to encourage you to go to my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the top five or like our Facebook page, which is search the top five all spelled out on Facebook and you'll be able to find our page. I share our podcast there as long with videos uh, or photos or memes or thoughts that I have about NASCAR. And it's a good spot where if you're listening to this and you have thoughts, you can comment and disagree or agree. We can just have a fun conversation. So let's get into this week's top five. Number one. So we are exactly halfway through the season as of this race. And there are a lot of things to, to take away from that. But, as mentioned, this was the first race at Worldwide Technology Raceway for the Cup Cars. Trucks had been there, Xfinity had been there, and I was lucky enough to attend myself. It's not anywhere close to where I live, but it was worth the drive to see. I took my two sons, and we had a great time. Uh, It was packed. I mean packed. The grandstands were absolutely filled to the brim. That was cool to see. Also, I do record these races so I can watch them back, and I saw that Michael Waltrip was in the booth as part of the Rotating Fox uh, crew, so I was kind of glad I didn't have to watch this one on TV. I, I can't stand Michael Waltrip. I think he's I, he's a nice enough guy. He's a goofball. He was a decent, okay at best driver. But man, is he annoying in the booth. Now the bad news. Worldwide Technology Raceway was in no way equipped to handle a Cup Series race. And I don't mean to come down on them. They tried their best. They put a lot of effort into it. But they just were not prepared for the size of crowd that was going to attend this race. I talked to a lot of people in attendance. And I kept hearing the same thing over and over. Oh, I attended a a truck race and it wasn't anything like this. Or I attended a Xfinity race or the Indy cars or, you know, different late modifieds here were here. And I kept asking those people, how packed were the grandstands? Oh, they were about a third full. And I said, right, that makes sense. First of all, I've never paid for parking at a NASCAR event. That was odd. And they made you put this giant sticker that I could, I had to, wait until I was home and get a razor blade to get it off. Uh, And nobody scanned it. It just had to sit there to park in a gravel lot. I parked in a gravel lot at every other track I've been to or on the grass. And it's always free. It's always part of the admission, but whatever. It wasn't that expensive. I, I get over that. Then to get from the parking lot 
to the entrance, there was two bridges that went over the road. So now you have 60 or 80,000 people, I don't remember the total number, all trying to bottleneck into two bridges that were about three people in width. Then, once you got across the bridge, there was one entrance to the racetrack. One single entrance. Now, I'm fine with the security measures in place, walking through a metal detector, having your bags checked. Uh, Apparently, this track you couldn't bring beer into, which I've never had an issue with. I've always brought my cooler with a few Bud Lights in it. But this track that was frowned upon, okay, whatever. I just threw them out, no big deal. But it took me from the time I finally parked, which was a nightmare, even just trying to get to the track, it took me a little over an hour to get into the track. And the single entrance, by the way, is at the very end of the main grandstand. So I was sitting close to turn one on the main grandstand. It took me about 15 minutes to walk the length of the concourse to get to my seat. If you were sitting in the turns one and two grandstand which was a massive grandstand you were probably 20 minutes maybe even more from the main entrance to your seat once in my seat i thought let's go grab a snack to watch the race grab some hot dogs or some corn dogs or whatever a couple of lemonades not exaggerating i waited an hour and a half i watched the beginning of the race maybe the first 20 laps, maybe 15 laps, got in line and then got back to my seat at the end of stage two. And you couldn't walk in the concourse because it was just lines, line, line, line. I mean, there'd be a line for the beer stand next to the line for the hot dog stand next to a line for the pizza stand. And each line was the length or the width of the midway. And things were not clearly marked. I was talking to people who were waiting in line for a beer for 45 minutes to an hour to get to the front of the line to be told it's cash only. It was beyond frustrating. Now that said, the racing on the track was awesome. It was uh, a show that I will not soon forget. And if Worldwide Technology Raceway can figure out how to host a cup event the correct way, I'd go back in a heartbeat. But there's no chance that I'm willing to spend my time and money to go back to the debacle that was their attempt to host a race. That said, let's get on to the actual racing itself. Number two. So while complaining about the the, uh, situation at the racetrack one thing i will give it major credit for were the tv screens whether i was in my seat or in the midway i could see a screen with the race on at all times so that that was helpful i I should give that little caveat so stage one was super short only 45 laps um briscoe on the pole Cut a tire in the lead, which was a huge bummer to see. Uh, Something has to get done about these tires. Um, I believe 27 laps were on his tire. I mean, 
these tires need to be able to handle a little bit more than that. Austin Sendrick uh, won stage one. Stage two got going, and Denny Hamlin got absolutely plowed into the wall by Chastain, which turned in as a uh, fan of neither. I mean, I, I don't dislike either. They're fine. It was quite comical to watch Hamlin try to get his payback. Uh, he was in Chastain's way, trying to wreck him, to the point where NASCAR finally stepped in over the headset and said, uh, enough. Uh, and then with 42 to go in stage two, um, Ryan Blaney lost the left rear, and uh, that brought out the caution. And on that restart, guess who? Ross Chastain plows into Chase Elliott. Bubba Wallace is caught up in it. Just a bad day for Ross Chastain. Uh, we'll get more into that later. Uh, other than that, stage two was pretty mundane. There were those two two incidents. But I feel like with the short stage one... Uh, and then in stage two, I feel like that was the first chance for drivers really to feel out the track and, and sort of learn it over a longer period of racing. <clears throat> um, Kurt Busch won stage two, which I actually got to see from my seat. And I actually got to watch the rest of the race from from my seat, which brings me on to my next point. Number three. So stage three started, nothing really major or exciting happened until the end. The end of this race was nuts. Um, 38 to go, Stenhouse spun, Kyle Busch and Joey Logano came off 1-2. Uh, Logano ran down Busch and took the lead. Now, I have to caveat this, I tried to present these podcast as uh just sort of factual information of what happened reality is i'm a fan we're all fans we all have a driver logano is my favorite driver so there's 25 laps to go my uh bias self is in the stands just begging for for no more restarts but of course the 41 spun there's a restart with 10 to go and Kyle Busch takes the lead. I was devastated. Then Kevin Harvick spun <clears throat> with five to go. And Kyle, that that brought out overtime. Now keep in mind, with the last 25 laps to go, Kyle Busch and Larson were racing each other pretty fairly and pretty clean. And I got to give it to both of them. One would try and slide in front of the other, do a slide job, uh, or push the other one up the track, but they weren't hitting each other. They were just racing really, really hard, and it was really, really cool to see. Uh, so, on the final two laps, um, Kyle Busch crosses over Lar uh, not Larson Nagano, and in the very next corner, Logano crosses over Bush, stuck it out to the white flag, held on for the win. And I don't know if you've ever experienced 
being at the track when your driver wins, but it is awesome. It is the most fun experience as a fan. We were closer to turn one, so we ran down to the start-finish line, got as close as we could, saw an awesome burnout, saw our guy get out of the car, take the checkered flag, give it to a fan. The, um, the victory lane was on the track. They brought out a stage and did it right there. So we got to see the trophy presentation and the whole thing. And then you get to walk out of the track, which, as previously mentioned, was as difficult as getting into the track. But you get to walk out with your head held a little bit higher. Your chest puffed out. You know, at first, walking in, everyone has a shirt on. But leaving, I want people to see what shirt I'm wearing. My two boys are young. They're 8 and 10. And they were bouncing off the darn wall. They were so excited. This is my second time getting to experience a Joy Logano win in person. The first was at MIS. And then this one. And I got to tell you, I, I don't care who you root for. I just hope that at some point as a NASCAR fan, you get to be there in person to watch your driver win a race. Now, I'll tell you who you might not want to have been a fan of at this uh, track in my next point. Number four. So Ross Chastain not only drove into everything, it reminded me of that, um, that clip from, what was that, Tom cruise movie uh where the crew chief tells him to go hit the pace car because he's hitting everything else uh it reminded me of that he hit everything he he could not figure this track out i felt bad for him a little bit but you reap what you sow man You, you get what you deserve at one point denny hamlin and chase elliott were messing with him hamlin was relentless he wasn't trying to wreck him so much as he was just messing with him Hamlin was 10 laps down the whole race after the incident at the beginning, so he clearly wasn't going to win. He was out there just trying to collect as many points as he could get. Chastain would get in front of him, and Hamlin would just slow down and just not let him by. He'd be three wide and just way off pace. <clears throat> and then Chase Elliott was giving it to him. Um, so I was really curious about what Ross Chastain was, how he was going to respond to this was really my my question. You knew everyone was going to be mad at him. And to a degree, I, I might even say he got more than he gave, at least from Hamlin. I mean, if it were all is fair, I would say Hamlin should have dumped him back and then it's over. But this is what Ross Chastain had to say after the race he was interviewed well a big story of course was ross chastain earlier on and you and the 11 and then you and the nine take us back from your perspective ross and what happened between you two it was terrible driving jamie i just it's one thing to do it once but i just kept driving in the guys and at this level i'm supposed to be better than that and this it's a shame for Moose and Advent Health and Jockey and Worldwide Express and have all these people believing in me and Justin Marks and Pitbull to put me in this car. They deserve better. Will you go talk to them? I will, yeah. I, I owe half the field an apology and it's words aren't going to fix it. So I'll have to pay for it on the track and 
almost did today, and then I deserve everything that they do. I just, I can't believe that I continue to make the same mistakes and overdrive the corners and drive into guys. I, I like had time under caution to like get reset, and we go green, and I drive into somebody. It's terrible. Thanks, Ross. I have to give Ross Chastain a lot of credit and a lot of respect for the way that he handled that. That was brilliant. He owned it. He didn't try and pass blame. He admitted fault. And he acknowledges that he's going to receive and deserves to receive payback. Now, the first two parts of that are what I always try and teach my boys. You're going to make mistakes. Mistakes happen. It's how you handle them that makes you the person that you are. Own it and apologize for it. Now, the last part, getting payback, that's a NASCAR thing, and I get that. But I really, I have been growing to respect Ross Chastain a lot throughout this year. And I think that was a major point of the season for him. And he's going to get dumped. Probably not next week, but soon. They'll get their payback. They always do. But for him to acknowledge, and especially to acknowledge at this level, I thought that was important um i i just can't can't put into enough words how impressive of a response that was so speaking of next week let's look forward number five my fifth point is always looking forward to the next week and we're gonna do that but before i do i previously mentioned that this is the halfway point of the season so i thought about looking back at the first half of the season and i just want to quickly note my my top five thoughts of of the first half you could think of this as a top five within the top five a mini top five if you will so my first point is that the new new generation car is awesome it far exceeds last generation car. And I think that big things will be coming with this car in the future. Number two is there is a much more interest in NASCAR. You see it in TV ratings and you see it in the stands. And I think that's awesome. And I think the reason for that in my number three is because the racing is intense and awesome to watch. I haven't seen a season with continual racing this good in a long time. Number four is something has to be done about these tire issues. This cannot continue. It is a plague on the sport and it needs to be corrected. And lastly, number five, I think these playoffs are going to be nuts. Uh, We've seen playoff style racing so far or at least playoff intensity racing so far. Imagine when it actually is the playoffs, how much more intense it's going to be. So I can't wait. Now, looking forward, this week we're heading to Sonoma, which is always a fun race. It's my second favorite road course. 
I prefer the road courses that are actual road courses, not courses turned into road courses. And I I like the the traditional tracks. Um, I wish they used the layout that they had been using for the previous, say, 10 years or so. Uh, I don't like the, the hairpin and the big winding turn that has been added, and it makes the track so much longer. But it will be fine. Uh, and... My prediction to win is William Byron. Uh, reason being, I think that road courses favor technical drivers, and being an iRacer, I think William Byron is going to lock in and get this one. But what do I know? So before I go, I want to encourage you one more time to please search our Facebook page. Hit that like button. Uh, it's Facebook. Just search up the top five, uh, all spelled out. Also, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the top five. And let's have a conversation about NASCAR. Share your thoughts. uh, Disagree with me. That'd be fine. I'm sure if you're a uh, Kyle Busch fan, you'll more than disagree with me. And let's just have a fun discussion about our favorite sport. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been the Top 5, and I'm Connor.